Before we begin, take note to check out episode 273 of the China History Podcast with Laszlo Montgomery, who generously features my History of North America series. Listen to season seven, episode one of American Epistles with Susan Achere, who kindly refers to this program. Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinet. In this episode, we reconnoiter how early Portuguese sailors to the coasts of the continent eventually led to the significant presence of Portuguese North Americans. Join me as we explore Portugal's unique connections to the continent. As you know, the nation of Portugal and Europe's Iberian Peninsula featured prominently in recent episodes. My fondness, expressed in episode twenty-eight for fado music, was applauded by many in my audience around the world, including Portuguese North Americans. The Portuguese were the first European nation to systematically encourage maritime commerce by exploring foreign shores under the sponsorship of Prince Henry the Navigator, who encouraged the development of a new, much lighter ship, the Caravel, which would sail farther and faster, and above all. Was highly maneuverable and could sail into the wind. To ensure their monopoly on trade, Europeans, beginning with the Portuguese, attempted to install a Mediterranean system of trade which used military might and intimidation to divert commerce through ports they controlled. Long-standing nautical myths warned of oceanic monsters or sailing off the edge of the world, but Prince Henry's navigation challenged such beliefs by probing southeastward. Along the African coast to see whether it was possible to reach the lucrative markets of the Indies by sea, a crucial breakthrough occurred in 1488 when Portugal rounded the southern tip of Africa, then sailed east, establishing that the Indian Ocean was accessible from the Atlantic, proving false the view that had existed since antiquity that the Indian Ocean was landlocked. Portugal's neighboring fellow Iberian rival and emerging modern Spain. Became fully committed to the search for new trade routes overseas. In 1492, the Spanish conquered the Moorish Kingdom of Granada, which had been providing it with African goods through tribute. In the hope of bypassing Portugal's monopoly on West African sea routes, a newly united Spain decided to fund a daring expedition to reach southeastern Asia by traveling west. Although King John of Portugal refused to help Christopher Columbus, some of the earliest European explorers to reach continental North America in the Age of Discovery were Portuguese explorers. Numerous place names attest to the fact that Portuguese fished for cod on the Grand Banks. Labrador, likely from the Portuguese lavrador, meaning small landowner or farmer, indicates that the Portuguese knew of this territory. Only a handful of Portuguese fishermen, however, settled on the Canadian Atlantic coast. The Portuguese in New France were descended from a few families founded by immigrants who arrived in 1668 and later. Portuguese explorers were thus among the first Europeans to lay eyes on what is now Canadian soil. Today, half a million Canadians are of Portuguese origin, and 45% of that number have Portuguese as their mother tongue language. Bilateral ties between Portugal and the United States date from the earliest years of the Republic. Following the American Revolutionary War, Portugal was the first neutral country to recognize the nascent USA. In the late 19th century, many Portuguese immigrated to New England, establishing communities and coastal cities. Later, 
Portuguese farming communities were founded on the west coast of the continent. The Portuguese arrived in Mexico during the Spanish colonial period. Many of them were sailors, conquistadors, clergy, and members of the military. Later Portuguese arrivals included pirates in conflict with Spanish leadership. Today, the country's largest Portuguese community is concentrated in Mexico City. Over the years, Portuguese have immigrated to North America for the same reasons as many other population groups, including economic opportunity, underemployment in their countries of origin, and a desire to escape political oppression. Portuguese arrivals on the continent peaked after World War II. Along with their few belongings, hopes, dreams, and determination, they brought their unique culture, including fado music. Fado, spelled F-A-D-O, is a type of folk music characterized by mournful tunes and lyrics, often about the sea or the life of the poor and the dispossessed. Its origins are obscure, but most aficionados agree that it was originally the song of the underprivileged, passing then into street singing and disreputable cafe society, and thence into musical reviews, legitimate theater, and on into movies and international concert tours. The style most likely originated in the 1820s in Portugal, which is known in the world music scene for its traditions of fado, which means fate in Portuguese. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Within Portugal, regional folk music remains popular, having been updated and modernized in many cases. Fado music has undergone numerous mutations since the 1950s in the three Portuguese cities where Fado has developed, Lisbon, Coimbra, and Porto. Fado arose in the capital city of Lisbon as the music of the urban poor. It emerged from the singing of the Portuguese sailors and also was derived from Brazilian music styles. The earliest mention of the Portuguese term for fado singer, fadista, is in 1849. Fado songs are typically lyrically harsh, with the singer resigned to poverty, sadness, and loneliness, but remaining dignified and firmly controlled. A crucial concept and essential ingredient in Portuguese music is saudade, which can be most closely translated as yearning, yearning for the unattainable with the resultant discouragement and resignation. Saudade is said to be requisite for fado musicians, as it powers their performances and causes frenzied crowd reactions. The city of Coimbra, a district and city located in the central part of Portugal, 75 miles south of Porto and 120 miles, or almost 200 kilometers north of Lisbon, developed a distinctive and highly stylized fado scene in the late 19th century 
rooted in melancholic traditional Portuguese folk songs, religious hymns, and Brazilian melodies brought to the country by Brazilian students who studied at Coimbra University, one of the oldest universities in Europe. This sentimental, colorfully poetic style of fado also featured the newly popular Portuguese guitar. Student fado, performed by the students, has maintained a tradition since it was pioneered in the 1890s by Augusto Hilario. In the 1920s and 30s, a series of Fado de Coimbra recordings were very popular. Guitarists Carlos Paredes and his father Artur were the great pioneers of this guitarradas style. Starting in 1939 with the career of Amalia Rodriguez, Fado was an internationally popular genre. A singer and film actor, Rodriguez made numerous stylistic innovations that have made her one of the most influential fadista of all time. José Afonso, a rival in terms of influence, began performing in the 1950s. Afonso was a popular roots-based musician that led the Portuguese roots revival. Though Fado eventually declined in popularity from its peak during the early part of the 20th century, it has since enjoyed nostalgic revivals in the 1950s and 70s and remains popular to this day with the tourists visiting active fado houses in Portugal and on tour in concert halls throughout North America. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying visuals, including maps, charts, timelines, photos, illustrations, and diagrams. Please consider supporting our History of North America series in the following ways. Join our growing community on Patreon. We offer lots of membership benefits, including artworks and books. Receive an ebook welcome gift upon joining. Donate with PayPal and also receive an ebook. I've written many historical nonfiction and fiction books, including exciting international historical mystery and suspense thrillers. One such novel, The Morning Sun, features a young woman named Andalusia who originates from the Iberian Peninsula. All my books are available in print and digital format on Amazon. If you shop Amazon for books or anything else, make sure to use our free link so Amazon knows who sent you, thereby giving us extra credit with no supplemental cost to you. All links appear in this show's description and on our website at markvinet.com. Spread the word to family and friends. And remember, all positive ratings, reviews, feedback, and comments are appreciated. This helps us expand our audience. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.